Certainly an exciting day for the Edmonton Oilers to acquire Duncan Keith. Just felt like uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now. It was a, it was a good fit, a great fit. Excited to uh, to start this this new chapter of my career and try to win a cup in Edmonton. It's always been uh, my goal to, to be able to stay in Edmonton, and it's just what I've wanted. I've loved my time in Edmonton so far. The team is uh, progressing uh, the way we want it to, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, obviously, the biggest reason I want to stay is that I want to win at Edmonton. Here's McDavid all the way, scores! Welcome to the Locked On Oilers podcast for this Tuesday, September 7th. Hockey is getting closer and closer. I'm going to keep saying that every podcast because, yeah, we're getting close. Uh, It's going to be a wild ride, 82-game season. What's going to happen with the Edmonton Oilers? We'll be breaking it down for you all season long. But for that, we'll just have some fun on the podcast. I am Hernan Salas from Two Guys in a Goalie Podcast and TSN 1260. Hit me up on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at Locked On Oilers. Coming up today, we'll be joined by Joaquin Gage in probably seconds from now. We're just going to go back and, and kind of reminisce and uh, talk about the 90s Oilers. I'll ask him some few goaltending questions and uh, NHL going to the um, Olympics. So we'll touch on that with Joaquin. I haven't chatted with him in a while. So always a fun chat. But before that, who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players that's voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network or podcast. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. Like I said, Gage, you're coming up right away here. I'll give you some news from around the NHL. Uh, the Sens extend their GM, Pierre Dorian, through the 2024-25 season. Uh, Ex-Vancouver Canucks, Jake Vertanen signs a one-year deal in the KHL. Ooh, that's probably not going to go over well. And the uh, National Women's Hockey League rebrands to the Premier Hockey Federation. Good for them um, as they keep uh, going along there with that great league. So that's all I have for you. Uh, Tyler uh, Tulio, uh, Oilers prospect, uh, named captain of the Oshawa Generals yes, uh, last week, sorry. And then he signs his uh, entry-level deal with the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, yeah, he's an interesting prospect. He's He's got great character. If you haven't seen his videos uh, on YouTube or his interviews, sorry, uh, he's absolutely great. So Tyler Tulio signs on, 19-year-old, who's going to spend the season probably with the Oshawa Generals. And we're looking to have him. I have a request all for him to join me on the podcast here. So hopefully we can get him sometime this week. And also we'll have Travis Yost from TSN on tomorrow as he wrote an article ranking the uh, center depth for every Canadian team and guess who's number one well you're gonna have to tune in for that tomorrow but Travis Joe's joining me so let's get right to it as I bring in Joaquin Gage former Edmonton Oiler pro hockey uh, goaltender and uh, part of the two guys in a goalie podcast Gager I haven't been on the podcast in a while because I'm um, doing some work here at 1260 how you been man not too bad yeah we, we uh well I'd like to say we miss you but um <laughs> no no, we do. We do miss you, man. You, you, uh, you add that 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 personal flair that only can come from someone from down in South America. That South American heat, <laughs> I think, is is all the references. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, hockey season is approaching here quickly. We'll have rookie camp here in a few weeks, and then the big boys get rolling. Uh, but it was announced last week, Gage, and I wanted to get your feedback that the uh, NHLers will be going to the Olympics. Are you in favor of this? Are you a guy that likes seeing best on best, or do you? I'm I'm kind of torn because I hate the break in the NHL season. 
Um, I like it, I, I, but I wish I, I like it on my terms. I'd rather it just go to Vancouver and be played there, so it's at a proper time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. really, that was that Olympic experience was uh, was unbelievable. I thought, like, just how that was all the lead up of all the other sports and and uh, how well Canada did, and the fact that it was so close to home and on Canadian soil, it just uh, you have that nice national pride kind of thing going. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I think, um, well, I mean, we talked about it on the Two Guys podcast about, of course, Dusty's going to have his Team Canada draft coming up soon. <laughs> so, um, But uh, to, to see some of these guys play together, and I, I, I think we just see that superstar line of a possible Huberdeau, McDavid, and... And McKinnon all playing together—that would be uh, that would be something to watch, man. Especially on big ice, it, it does take a little bit of time to to kind of get acclimated to it. But wow, that's that's a lot of speed and creativity on the ice at one time. Well, you took my next question. I was like, who, I think everybody wants to see McKinnon and McDavid, and then I know I've heard Huberto a few times. So that's the other guy you would have on that line, eh? I mean, I'm not a. I haven't watched Huberto that much. But mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of highlights, right? Yeah. And I just go, gosh, that <laughs> looks like something McDavid or McKinnon would do, right? It's it's unfortunate that he's all the way down in in Miami, and we don't really get a lot of Panthers games. But um, he he's he looks like he's something special too. I mean, gosh, you could almost put anyone between those two guys, you know, like and see what happens. But um, I I I. I I've always been a fan of the Marchant, Crosby, and um, Bergeron line, and yeah. I just don't see why you wouldn't keep those guys together. They're still some of the best players on the planet, and they've played together in those types of world of events. So um, don't don't mess with what works. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're the former goaltender here, so I'll get your expertise. I mean, it's it's going to be fun to, like, everybody's going to have their own lines. You know how this works. We're all going to create our own team, and, and uh, we're all going to debate who made it, who didn't make it. But for you between the pipes, is it as simple as it's going to be Carter Hart and it depends where Carey Price is at? Um, are those the two front runners for you? Because I think that third option gets really intriguing. I think after this season, my I've changed my I, I did have Carter Hart in there, like the possible. I remember when um, <laughs> I think it was nine, whatever ninety eight, when kind of Broder took over from Cujo, I think, and okay. then and then Luongo taking over from Broder later on, right? So uh, I thought maybe Carter Hart was the heir apparent with the Carey Price, but um, a new player has emerged. I think. Okay. It's, uh, and and CEO, or, uh, CEO, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury okay. is, after coming off his Vesna season and his play over the past two years, um, I think with those three, I, it's Carey Price's position to lose. I just I think it depends on how the season goes and, and uh, who's playing at the best and who's not injured at the time. And um, but I, I would definitely probably see Carey Price getting the the majority of the starts right now with uh, with Flurry uh, right behind him. 
What about a guy like Darcy Kemp? Does does he peak it? I know he's been hurt a lot. He hasn't played a lot of hockey. He was almost, uh, according to reports, an Edmonton Oiler. He is not. What do you make of this guy? Because, I mean, he's been hurt a lot, and the times he does play, he's he's really, really good. Is he a guy that is on your radar, Gager? Definitely when I see the team he's played on, and I, my, I always look at the one characteristic for to, 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 to differentiate between a good goalie and a great goalie. A great goalie makes an average team better. And uh, Darcy Kemper has definitely done that down in Phoenix. Um, we'll see what happens in Colorado this year, right? Like, this is this is a big deal for him to go to a Stanley Cup contender yeah. and, and be the guy. Like, he, by the end of the season, we should be talking about Kemper being a, a, a Vesna finalist if, if Colorado wants to do anything uh, in the playoffs. So, um, I guess... On, on the Carter Hart site and the Kemper site, they, we have to see where they're at and how their how their seasons are going, right? Like, and I'm sure they're going to be uh, under the microscope with uh, with the staff at Team Canada. Who's the best goalie you you played with or against, Gager? Uh, like, who's the goalie that you were just in awe, no matter how many times you were across from him or on the same team in practices or whatever? Oh God, um, there were some good ones, buddy. But uh, I remember the first day, uh, Cujo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, Billy left, and Billy was great, but they were different styles. Like Cujo sat a little bit further back in his net, and he had like tremendous hand-eye coordination. Like his gloves were ridiculous. Whereas I would be diving back and forth making saves, and he would be on his feet just <laughs> catching them. Yeah. And and I remember it was funny because uh, after practice we were doing some stuff, and Cujo stayed out there and we were doing some breakaways and um and uh david oliver came over to me and he goes gager i haven't i he hasn't even gone down <laughs> and i haven't scored <laughs> and, I, and i was like i was like wow he's good and another part of it was like oh damn he's good <laughs> oh, but uh he was he was pretty impressive and you know another guy well of course ranford but uh tommy sallow was just he was ice cold. He was uh, he was Iceman from Top Gun in net. Like it was it was amazing what he did too. Again with the with the hands. Like he had really good blocker and glove. It was it was ridiculous how good his hands were. So uh, those are probably two of the names that uh, you would you would know remember most of just uh, being an Edmonton Oilers. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at bet online head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online your online sports book experts do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose is it really that surprising the game is rigged against you you're playing against thousands of other lineups not to mention experts who have more tools and more time you don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts players in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. They're giving you 300% match that's unheard 
heard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Well, I love Billy Ramford because, like, you look at pictures of him with the Oilers and his pads and everything was so, like, small. He, and you knew he was just so damn good. And then I was a big Tommy Sallow guy. I, he, he he got a bit of an unfair shake here. Um, you know, that goal in the, I think it was the Olympics from center on Belarus or something like that. But Tommy Sallow Gager, he just seemed like he, he was always the same like uh, like personality. Like he never got too rattled. He never got too hyper or anything like that. He was just, he almost looked always the same. Like he was on the straight line no matter what he was doing, playing hockey or hanging out with the boys. Is that the way he was? Yeah, he was He was pretty normal. You know, I got I got along with Tommy great. Uh, he, uh, yeah, he, the, I only saw him lose his temper once. <laughs> and it wasn't even really that bad. Like we were playing in Detroit, and we got just destroyed. And uh, he made like fifty saves. Yeah, and he was a little bit uh, <laughs> upset at the end. Of it. And he came in and swore in Swedish, and then threw his helmet down. And then that was it. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like it was like a mini tantrum. And then uh, I, I tr- I had to bury my my head in my jersey because I thought it was hilarious. But because uh, you never see that emotion from Tommy, and it was it was kind of funny. But uh, no, he was he was cool, man. Nothing nothing phased him that much. It was a uh, it was a sight to see. Our, you know, Cass always jokes around on on the podcast on the two guys that goalies are just weird and 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 all that. And and you have such a great personality. You're very outgoing. You like. You like, you know, like having fun. and, and But when you look at our goaltenders more just to themselves, like I look at a guy like Carey Price when he was being interviewed, they they just won and they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he was so like calm and just like whatever. You know what I mean? And you see a lot of goalies are kind of like that. I mean, here in Edmonton we have Mike Smith who's very outspoken and kind of, you know, he shows it on the ice, off the ice and all that. Uh, for goaltenders, do you, do you find that they're more calm or more like a Mike Smith? I mean, we're we're all different. Yeah, <laughs> we're all the same, but we're all different. Like, I, I I remember just looking over at some of my competitors if I was playing a game, and I could see like they had their they were so dialed into their routines on on what they did in warm up and in between whistles and stuff. And and uh, I I don't know if it was superstition or more of a routine thing, but I I had the same types of quirks that I would do that that uh, throughout the, the course of a game or, you know, leading up to a game. Um, I found if I, if I was too, I don't want to say, focus is the wrong, but I needed to be a little bit loose, but yeah. not too much, right? Okay. Like I, 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 I was, I, Pete, guys were able to come over and talk to me in, a, in the dressing room if, uh, uh, like before the game. You know, there were some goalies that uh, I know that, wouldn't talk to anyone before the game, oh, you know, wow. and I'm, yeah. I don't, and just, and they they were great goalies, but that just was their process of getting ready for the game. I was just more, um, I, I'm not going to say they didn't like the team aspect of it, but I, I like to be part of conversations or strategies or, or things like that before the game to go over, you know, it just, uh, I thought it, it, it would really limit it, limit your, your whole process of succeeding when the game started. What was uh, Joaquin Gage's, um, I, I guess, uh, pregame uh, rituals or whatever? Like, what did you have to do before your games? I had a very unique stretching uh, regimen that took about, I, well, depending on time, because when I got to Europe, sometimes those bus trips, uh, you get in there <laughs> a little late yeah. and stuff, so you had, to, you had to shrink it up. But 
usually it was about a 45 minute stretching routine that I would do before each game, whether I played or not. Right. Okay. So, um, that was probably the main thing that I did. And just by, just by doing that, it kind of, you know, it just got your, my body mentally ready and, and, uh, and physically ready to, to perform. And I just found that, uh, just kind of doing that same routine uh, for all my games that I ever played. That's uh, it. Just that—that that was kind of only the quirkiest thing that I did uh, before a game. But um, yeah, seemed to have worked. I played a played a couple games. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. And what was uh, what was rocking in your? Um, well, you're in the mid '90s, so in your discman, uh, what kind of music? <laughs> what kind of music did you uh, listen to to get ready for games? You know. I wasn't a big uh, headphones guy. Oh, okay. I wish we had the Dre Beats back then, but uh, <laughs> we were, we were, uh, we had to listen to whatever was playing on the uh, on the boombox. Usually, that was that was it. So, um, it, all walks of life. I mean, I wasn't the biggest country fan. Okay. I didn't think that really got me going that much. Um, I, the one thing I always say about the team when uh, in the '90s, when we had uh, the five guys of color with Anson, Greasy, George, yeah. Brownie, and myself. I mean, that one year that there was there was really great music in that room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, didn't have to worry about. George would always go over there and switched it, and uh, Greasy was uh, he was he was hardcore rap. There was some like he all of a sudden he. He'd walk by, and then all of a sudden DMX would be on there. So yeah. you were like, "Oh, Greasy's Greasy's getting ready tonight." <laughs> so it was it was fun that way. But uh, no, I I didn't. I was kind of in my own. I guess that would be another thing. I was kind of just. I would think about the game, the shooters I was facing, and I I I, I never I never wore headphones. Oh, okay. Interesting. And no one was going to say anything to George uh, Larock there if he was changing the music, right? So. Oh, guys said it stuff to George all the time. Like, get that crap out of this player. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. George, yeah. Talk so, about a guy that was loose in the room. Oh, yeah, geez. but so when it comes to the dynamic in in the rooms like that in in, in the NHL, it, it, when it terms of music, I've always been so fascinated by it because is it is it the older guys kind of run it, the guys that have been there the longest? It is the captain. Uh, like, how does that work inside the room, or do, is every team different? Every team's different, but it seems like whether it's the captain or a group of older players, or maybe it's even some young guys that, okay. that uh, take over the uh, the players. I don't know what it's like now because you see all these guys with their earbuds and their and their beats. And yeah, their it's more personal you, now, right? Yeah, so maybe there's a lot more of that. I, I, my junior coach, uh, he didn't allow Walkmans. He at all, like even on the bus trips. Yeah, I mean, he also sat three rows from the back and smoked Marlboro Lights. So, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, we weren't allowed to wear Walkmans and and playing. So maybe I think just because at, a, at such a young age, and so uh, I was influenced by just talking to the guys. Like he wanted our, everyone to be able to talk to one another and and uh, not just go off into your own world, right? So. That's probably why I, I never really got into uh, headphones or anything like that. And really, Bluetooth technology wasn't yeah. wasn't the greatest back then. 
But I'm just looking at some of the teams you played on. Like, you had some absolute beauties. Obviously, Dougie Wade, Brian Marchman, like a Yuri Slager. Like, uh, it's a name that you forget. Igor Kravchuk, Kurt Malpe. I mean, Louis DeBrus, Greg DeVries. And I remember when Ninema was here, they always talked about how much he loved Metallica or just like hard, like heavy metal, right? And, and he played in the room. Some guys didn't really like it. Are, are the Europeans a little different when it came to their music? Or were they just kind of like shy away and just say, you guys play whatever you want. I'll listen to my music on my own time. Well, Yanni, we called him the ghost because <laughs> his skin was basically transparent. He's so white. But he, uh, yeah, he loved. But that's a Finnish cultural thing. Yeah, like, it if is. You look at, when you, if you go to Finland, like it's, it's a lot of like speed, death, heavy metal. <laughs> like him and uh, Brent Sayek from uh, Sayek uh, Optometrist, him and Brent, would, they'd be going to these underground like death metal concerts and just the worst, the absolute <laughs> worst music you could ever yeah. think of, right? And yeah, Yanni loved that stuff. I mean, I, 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 I'd listen to Metallica and, you know, and some, some of that genre, I guess, but I could, uh, there was only so far I would go with that stuff. It was, uh, it was pretty bad, man, what, what Yanni would listen to. But, you know, that team was funny because <laughs> we all, we all got along quite well. Yeah. And, um, I think everyone had their had their turn at the uh, at the discman. Like it's a good thing we didn't have a we should have had a karaoke machine in there. That would have been great. That would have been the best. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their faves. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Order today and get the Grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Go to Built.com and use promo code Grasshopper15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Grasshopper15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're going down this wormhole of uh, your time with the Edmonton Oilers, and I remember you. And like I always tell, like even my cousins are like, "It's surreal that you do a podcast with Joaquin Gage." I'm like, "I know, like it's crazy." <laughs> yeah, like for you in those in those teams. I mean, you play with so many great players as well, and this was always a team that couldn't compete because at the time there's no salary cap. The Oilers didn't have a lot of money, uh, but they still were always able to find uh, some great players along the way. For you, uh, I guess funniest guy you played with here in Edmonton, like the guy that would just crack you up no matter what. Oh gosh, um, there's a there's different levels of comedic prowess, I guess. Uh, Doug Waite was a really funny guy. Like he would he would say some he was really quick witted. Yeah. Um, so he he would zing you real quick. Um, <laughs> Rem Murray, it's the gem. Oh, uh, he he is really funny, especially if you get the Murray brothers because all his brothers are just like him. Okay. And if you would go out with them. They would all commandeer the the dance floor and go into the uh, uh, like a synchronized dance all together. Like, oh wow! I've I've seen that a couple times. It's it's just hilarious. And then, um, I mean, uh, Dan Cleary always cracked me up too. We were roommates, and, and oh, okay. And Danny was uh, uh, was a uh, I don't know how you say his how funny he was, but he he, he cracked me up too. But. Um, yeah, Bill, Bill Guerin was pretty funny with that quick wit too. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that was a good team. That was, that yeah. was a lot of, a lot of fun. Ethan Morrill, kind of the, the grumpy kind of okay, shuffle I'll, in the back. And I was, <laughs> I was going to ask you that, like, who's the guy that was just always like mad? He, was, he wasn't mad, but, uh, <laughs> it, was, he was, it was a very dry sense of humor. He sat beside, I believe, uh, 
uh, Jason Smith and and Rosie was over there too. So he, he, they'd always throw out the jabs from <laughs> the other side of the room. But those that was the veteran corner, so you couldn't you didn't really want to lob them back or, or yeah. maybe something bad would happen to you, Brad. <laughs> uh, what about best and worst dressed in your time with the others? Oh gosh, um, well. I don't know about bad, worst, but you'd see uh, like Ulanov and and Mironov <laughs> yeah. and you know Yuri Slager with with the uh, with the Mister T starter kit, but <laughs> it, it looked like Versace threw up on them, and it, you know it was just all this gaudy stuff. I, I mean, it cost a the fortune, silk, right? The I, silk. Yeah, oh yeah, they're all, they're all draped in silk. It's minus forty out, and they're like they're purple suede <laughs> shoes, like they're Prada purple suede shoes. It was it was pretty funny. It was I I I, I found it quite humorous. I uh, that was probably the worst. I mean, we had uh, Dan Cleary and Horkoff and and uh, probably Mike Comrie. They were. They were the young guys, so they yeah. were starting. the The whole style was 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 changing. Like the pleated the, the pleated pants were going out. So those guys were probably the best dressed. Like uh, Dan didn't didn't hesitate to wear a new suit to to a game every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. I got to ask you about uh, Hawking Gage, former Edmonton Oilers. We're, we're reminiscing about the nineties here, as uh, we're well waiting a. Uh, a very interesting season for the Edmonton Oilers. They brought in a lot of new players this offseason. We'll see what they can do. Um, Gage, I got to ask about the Russians because I, I always loved Kovalenko, Bobo Mironov, Igor Ulanov, who's like blocking shots with his head. And I remember he had the big tape on his forehead. Like these guys were just loved here so much because they just like it almost seemed like they do anything for the team, anything. And they're just great teammates. And who knows if they were hacking darts at the intermission? I, I've heard a lot of stories about the Russian guys, but those three guys in particular, like I don't know, did you? play with Kovalenko I, I'm not sure if you did but I know you were like with, he was there a bit yeah I wasn't there that long but yeah I, I did like he was built like a tank I know you were with Bobo and Ulanov just like how were those guys I mean they, they just seemed like absolute beauties they were man they they were just crazy Igor Kravchuk I played with two. yeah Kravchuk another one yeah. were <laughs> just ridiculously talented right like um and strong like that kind of Russian, you'd think of the old Summit Series Russian <laughs> yeah. players. Like, that's how, that's how they were. Like, they were just beasts of men, and and their skill level was just off the charts. Like, I, I guarantee if, if there was shootouts back then, yeah, um, you would have had probably, like, Miranoff, Kravchuk, <laughs> and Ulanoff yeah. taking penalty shots because... These guys were ridiculous when uh, when you'd see them just on their own with the, their individual skills. They, I mean, that's how they were developed too. I think, right? Like just that individual stuff. Yeah. And man, they were they were they were very difficult to stop and practice. Like Bobo, just he had a missile for a shot. Yeah, Ulanov's shot was like a sledgehammer. You know, just Kravchuk would he could. It didn't matter where the puck came; he would get it off and, and on net, and just like it would pick up speed as it got to. Like it was a nightmare after practice doing one timers with these guys because they were just <laughs> yeah. they were just long, yeah. fire and heat. And 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 for these uh, for the Russian boys, it, it almost they always rock the best gold chains, eh? 
man. I remember, I remember, uh, this is funny. I don't think I've told you, I just I thought of this. Uh, Brian Marchment um, walked past, and I think it was like Kravchuk and Bobo and Slager were sitting there, and he stops, and this is before a game. He goes, God, I wish I'd. If I ever play against you guys, I'm gonna be a millionaire because I'm ripping all that crap off your <laughs> in a scrum. I'm ripping all that stuff off your neck. <laughs> so he was threatening to if he ever play. Or I think it was like the trade deadline. If I get traded, I play against you guys. I'm I'm a millionaire because I'm ripping all that crap off your neck. <laughs> and Marchman would too. Eh? Just oh, oh yeah. Brian Marchman was a, a beauty. Uh, questionable hits in his career, but yeah, he was. He was loved here in Edmonton. Oh, that was great. That's been fun. I, I loved, I was such a big, like, I, my fandom was so big in the 90s for the Oilers. I just love those teams, the way they would battle against Dallas and Colorado. Like, they they just had no quit in them, and it was great to see. And uh, I love that you're able to share some stories from that and get to know the guys a little bit better. Um, but uh, let's move forward to the team now. And I just uh, just a few more for you here. It's, you know, a lot's been talked about Miko Koskin and Mike Smith coming back. We really don't know what Alex Stalout's going to bring. I mean, he's looking good in those videos that have surfaced on Twitter, and there's a couple of young guys waiting in the wings. But for you, Miko Koskin is 33 years old. Can, can we expect Miko Koskin to get better this year, or is he already, he is what he is, and we just have to roll with it? Uh, in, in your opinion, is, is there room for improvement for Miko? Well, there is from the last eight games of the season yeah. this year, for sure. Like, um, yeah, he needs to get back to where he was a couple of years ago. And I think, I do think that's possible. Um, I, I, I think he has, he has to be the release valve for, for Mike Smith at, at this point to, to relieve Mike from playing 60 games. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing he has to do. And who knows, maybe he establishes himself as a, as the clear cut. I, I, Goalies, you don't get to that level without being good, first of all. Um, and he's, he's probably been a starter for the majority of his career. No one goes into training camp thinking, I want to be a backup goalie. I'll give, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, so everyone's looking. Stalock's looking at this. Um, Skinner's looking at this. Miko, Mike Smith. They, they're all coming in there with the mindset of I'm going to be, I have a great opportunity to be the number one guy here. And with, with the team in front of me, there's, there's some good possibilities of having, uh, doing some, something special by the end of the year and the end of the season. So um, do I think Miko can, can be better? Yes, I do. Uh, but there's, there's some other guys knocking at the door that I'm, I'm really interested in seeing this training camp and, and see how it goes. I, I, I do believe the, the reins are Mike Smith for right now, but that, uh, that spot for that, that second seat, that F1 second seat that's on the racing team, um, I, I think it's up for grabs, man. I think uh, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see someone, someone jump, really grab hold of it and, and take it. Of the five guys, we got Mike Smith, we got Miko Koskin, and Alex Stalock, uh, all under NHL deals. Then you got Ilya Konovalov, who's kind of the wild card Russian kid, twenty three years old, and Stuart Skinner, who excellent in the AHL last season. Um, he played the one game; he was a little shaky up here, but he he got the win. Gager, do we see all five guys? How many of those five guys do we see in this upcoming season? If you had to put some money on this, oh, I think you only see I think you only see three. Okay. 
So you're, wait, wait. Is, 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 and that's excluding uh, Skinner? Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's, it's, uh, you're going to see Mike, you're going to see Miko, and then that, I think you're going to see Alex in there. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't see how you don't start the season with, uh, without at least giving him a look and, and seeing how. And I mean, if he performs, if he goes into some preseason games and, and provides something, because you forget too that, He's a, actually a really good puck handler as well. I don't think he's on the level of Mike Smith, but he does have that that uh, repertoire in his game. So I don't know. I I think we've talked about it. How um, Coach Tippett loves the fact that Mike Smith can alleviate pressure from other teams' forecheck just with his stick handling and yeah. passing ability, right? So, and I think that's sometimes one of the reasons he gets the majority of starts against certain teams. If he can actually have another goalie that has that that uh, that tool in the toolbox that can that can alleviate pressure, um, I think that's that's just a nice added bonus for for a coach to have with with one of his players. I, I, Nico's, I mean, he gets out there, stops puck, but he's he's not Mike Smith with it. No, 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 for sure. No one is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, and it's it's going to be one of the most watched and I think critiqued positions uh, for the Edmonton Oilers to see if Mike Smith can kind of repeat what he did last year because he was outstanding in Koskinen, and if he can just hold his own and, and give this team a chance every night, I think you're going to be good. But those first first goals on the first shot have to stop, and then the guy that I think a lot of people want to see is Alex Stalock and see what he can bring because if he can push Koskinen, then I think that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good situation for the Edmonton Oilers. Gager, it was fun. I know I texted you and I said, "Hey, like, do you want to join me on the pod? We can just shoot the shit." And and I'm glad we did because I love hearing about the '90s Oilers and talking about <laughs> goaltending and the Russian guys and and all that. It's, it's always a great time. But thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, hockey's picking up here soon, Gager. We're all going to get very very busy with podcasts and shows. And I know you you do your regular hit with Dusty on the morning show as well. So uh, enjoy this um, this slow time because it's going to pick up soon, Gager. Yeah, I will. That was a fun chat always with former Edmonton Oiler, former pro hockey goaltender, uh, host on the Two Guys in a Goalie podcast, and just overall good dude. Joaquin Gage, I I love those 90s Oilers. So hopefully you enjoyed that that conversation. We were just kind of two guys just uh, talking and, and reminiscing about the Edmonton Oilers. Also some questions on Koskinen and the NHL at the Olympics, Connor McDavid's line mates and all that. Always a good time. But we're going to wrap this one up here. Thank you once again for uh, tuning in. Keep the downloads coming. Don't forget to download and subscribe on your favorite apps for all the latest episodes. Hit me up on Twitter at HernanDeMan and at LockedOnOilers. For my producer, Juanito, I am Hernan the Man talking. Los Petroleros, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll chat tomorrow.